This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They gotta be some tight asses, don't you think? Oh, they take it <laughs> very <laughs> seriously. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Football. Where's the skull? Yes. Play some skull for me. Like the skull song? That's, yeah, the, no, skull chant. Oh, that's the, uh, the thunderclap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, some fans were doing that in Atlanta, I saw. They, uh, cameras caught some fans doing the, the skull chant there. Um, I've got some prop bets for you gentlemen here. Our mm-hmm. weekly Wednesday staple, even during the offseason. We've had this going for almost a full calendar year now. Among NFC possible playoff quarterbacks, here's your first one. Where would you rank Case Keenum? I'm going to give you eight quarterbacks here, including Case Keenum. So these are... There's going to be six. Six of these guys are going to be in the playoffs, uh, and then two of them are going to be on the outside looking in. But of these eight, yep. where would you rank Case Keenum? Not career achievements, but literally right now how all of these guys are playing. Case Keenum, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Cameron Newton, mm-hmm. and Jared Goff. All right. So eight quarterbacks. Yes. Where would you put our guy Case Keenum in that mix. Uh, my top guy, Rodgers. You don't have to go through all of them if you don't want. I mean, it's no, up to no, you. Go ahead. I've go got ahead. him ranked okay. for you. My second, Russell Wilson. I love it. Number three, I still have Breeze. I put Wentz four and Ryan five. That's sort of a coin flip, though. And then I put Case. So Case is, is ahead of Jared Goff and Cam Newton. But if I was to rank these quarterbacks and say, okay, currently... Which one would I trust the most and want to take into the playoffs, given what I know about the situation right now? I put Case Keenum number six, Dave. Boy, that's hard. Um, Top three, yeah, Rodgers, Wilson, Breeze. I think that's easy. But once you get to Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, I'm not sold on either of those guys. I'm definitely like you, not sold on Cam Newton quite yet. I'm not sold on Jared Goff. Oh, man, I might move him up to five. I mean, maybe Matt Ryan's ahead, maybe Carson Wentz, but I'm certainly not buying that both are ahead of him. It's it's hard to parse sometimes. Like, Carson Wentz has 29 touchdown passes or something. How much of that is, is uh, like, like Nick Foles had 29 touchdowns and two picks for the Eagles a few years ago. I know it's a different coaching staff, but some of it's hard to, to parse apart the things around you and the system and Sean McVay in your headset and and what Jared Goff has done. Mm -hmm. So with all that said, I agree with Judd. I'm going to put Case Keenum sixth ahead of Cam Newton and Jared Goff. Rodgers, Wilson, Breeze, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Case Keenum. But, you know, if if Case Keenum has reached this new level of play, 
Dave's right. You could debate Carson yes, Wentz and, and Matt Ryan and some of these other guys. Cam Newton, I, we're going to do a segment on him. He, the Vikings are going to face him this weekend. And Mike Zimmer has owned him the two times they faced each other, both with the Vikings, by the way, uh, in Cam Newton's career. I just don't trust him. Not that I fully trust Case, but I don't trust Cam Newton to make a big throw in a big game without getting picked off and or golf, flustered. Goff golf eventually you might, but not right now. Yep. We did this yesterday for a little while with Matthew Collar, but just to make it official, uh-huh. prop bet number two, how many uh, how many wide receivers in the NFL would you say are definitively better than Adam Thielen? Where there's not even a huge debate, it's just these guys are better than Adam Thielen. How many in the NFL? Dave, you want to start this one? I, I can start because so I threw this upon you guys. Okay. I'll start because I've thought about this and you guys can think here. All right. I think it's two. I know we mentioned a bunch of them yesterday, and Collar said maybe like four or five. Mm-hmm. I think it's two. Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. Antonio Brown's one of the most versatile, greatest receivers in the history of the league. And Julio Jones, much like Calvin Johnson, is one of the most dominant, physically imposing receivers in the history of the league. And now if you get down to Adam Thielen, A.J. Green, Adam Thielen, or DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, I mean, there's a list of guys you could go down here. I don't think if if the word definitively is in the equation, I think you could debate it. I think you could say, man, Adam Thielen is elevating Case Keenum to look like an MVP candidate in some ways. Um, So I would say right now there are two guys, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, I would say for sure are better than Thielen. David? I would agree with those two. Currently on my fantasy team, A.J. Green and Adam Thielen have the exact same amount of points on the year, which is unbelievable. Odell Beckham, too. I'm sorry. Let's make it three. Yeah, Odell Odell for sure. I think I would probably take DeAndre Hopkins above him, too. Uh, But it's very close. So what that makes Thielen fifth, maybe sixth. uh, Mm -hmm. Probably sixth. I think I'd take A.J. Green a notch ahead and a very, very small notch. Mm -hmm. I go Brown. Jones, Green, Hopkins, Thielen. Beckham, I take if I don't have to deal with him as a human being. (laughs) But because I have to deal with the day-to-day BS and because, as I said, that stuff drives me crazy. You could say that with Antonio Brown, too, really. Yeah, I just like, I, I like him a little bit more as a player, but I put Thielen five. And, and if I'm dealing with Beckham, just the statistics, I put Thielen six, but because I couldn't, I would actually put Thielen above him because with Thielen and Diggs, the one thing I like is for their position, which is ordinarily high maintenance, egos are huge. They're pretty simple people to to deal with. So both those guys, to me, get some type of edge because they are not high maintenance guys. And uh, prop bet number three here, final prop bet of the segment. Actually, you know what? Something just came across Twitter. There will be two more. This one and then another one. So we'll go fast here. Uh, Percent chance the Vikings play in the Super Bowl. Percent chance the Vikings play in the Super Bowl. Not like according to 538.com or just in your mind. Just what I think. Knowing Vikings history, knowing the current landscape, all the factors involved. Percent chance they play in the Super Bowl at at, at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, I'm going to say, taking into account all I know about this franchise and its history, I'm going to actually dumb it down to 15%. I'm going to say about 15% chance. There's just too much. There's too much there. Like until I see it, until I actually physically see them put in that game, 
I can't go 25%. I'm going to say 15%. I'm going to say it without taking history into account. So just simply based on this year, I would say they're an even 30% with Philadelphia, and then maybe you could put the Saints and the Rams at 20%. Mm-hmm. But 30, uh, I'll give you 30. Uh, the 30 is it. the exact number I had in my head as well. Hat tip to the guys on the Nordies podcast. I joined that podcast from Randall's on Sunday night, and they asked me that question, and I said... They all said, like, you know, taking history into account, 15%, 20%. And I said, yeah. guys, I think it's like 30%. <laughs> it's the it's the best defense in the NFC. They're going Super Bowl. They've, they're, everything they do travels if they need it to. Yep. And if they happen to get home field advantage in that stadium with yep. 70,000 crazy fans doing the skull chant for three and a half hours, it's the percentages go up for sure. So 30%, 30%, and you say 15%? 15%. Yeah, I can't I can't go as high as 30. Not yet. All right. Uh, let's let's do this. Percent chance Mike Zimmer is telling the full truth in his conference call with Carolina Media, apparently this morning. Uh-huh. When he said, this is from uh, David Newton. I don't think any relation to Cam. Coach Mike Zimmer said the Vikings tried to sign left tackle Matt Khalil when he was a free agent a couple years ago. Uh, or, or this past offseason, yeah, in March. said they liked Khalil. Yep. He also likes what he's seen. What he's seen out of Khalil with the Panthers thus far. Okay. So percent All chance right. Mike Zimmer's telling the truth when he says they liked Khalil, they tried to resign him, and they really like what they've seen on film of Khalil in Carolina. Truth that they tried to resign him, probably saying, "Well, fifteen an hour work, yeah, seventeen, and we can go as high as seventeen fifty, but ew. we need a new spotter for uh, Linval Joseph in the weight room if you could apply. Yeah, it'd be great. As or- far as likes, what they've seen, <laughs> yeah, they like it because Everson Griffin is their right defensive end. Yeah, <laughs> uh huh, uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah, I think I think Dave's onto it. I think he's telling the truth in that. They did lowball Matt Khalil because they needed a left tackle that was someone other than TJ Clemmings. And he has to love what he's seeing out of Matt Khalil on film, knowing how great the ferocious front four is for this purple defense. Oh, he's laughing yeah. the entire time. <laughs> I love what I'm seeing from Matt Khalil. I've seen that before. Yeah, exactly. And it's complete garbage. Uh, I have read for a fact that they reached out to him and tried to keep him. The luckiest... Somebody was watching out for Spielman and Zim that day because whomever, when Carolina came along and said, Matt Khalil, we'll give them all this money, that was the most, among the among the things that changed from the bad luck of 2016 to this year, that might have been the very start. Yeah. When wow. somebody came along, Carolina said, you know what, Matt Khalil, if we pair him with Ryan Khalil, his brother in Carolina, it's going to be fantastic. How about the fact that Matt Khalil in training camp essentially said, I like it here because they're teaching me stuff and they want to win down here. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, sometimes you just, like you said, you stumble into the right move in sports and then yes. you just have to be like, oh, yeah, we knew Russell Wilson was a Hall of Fame quarterback all along. Well, why didn't you pick him in the first or second round? I, hey, we knew all along. Hey, we knew Matt Khalil was going to be god-awful with the Panthers, but you tried to re-sign him. Well, yeah, but I mean, so sometimes it's just dumb luck. Tom Brady, whatever, fifth or sixth round. Yes. Um, Let's come back and do an autopsy of the Timberwolves' first 25 games with John Krasinski. It might be ugly. But they're 14-11, and which is the conflicting thing. They're on pace for the most wins since 2003-2004. They're on pace for playoffs. And Jimmy Butler is is going bonkers offensively the last few games, but it just feels so uncomfortable to watch. It feels joyless. 
Let's dissect it with John Krasinski from The Athletic when we come back here. You know, TCL TVs, it's America's fastest growing TV brand, 4K picture quality, four times the picture quality of a standard 1080p uh, TV, built-in Roku with thousands of streaming channels, and TCL is giving you guys, the listeners, a great chance to see those Timberwolves in action from a great spot inside the newly renovated Target Center. Enter at 1500ESPN.com, the keyword TCL, and you can win four tickets to see the Wolves in a theater box at Target Center as they take on the Nuggets on December 27th. So the winner is going to be drawn before Christmas. you got to get in there in the next couple weeks, 1500ESPN.com, keyword TCL. It would be a great gift as well if you could uh, draw the winner before Christmas. You could surprise somebody with the theater box Tickets. It's the most coveted new offering in the world of premium seating. TCL Theater Boxes offer dramatic views of the arena, a VIP experience unlike any other, five-star cuisine, a lounge area, and oversized chairs. 1500ESPN.com, keyword TCL. Mackie and Judd are back. The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. 1500ESPN. What they were trying to do is double-team cat. And so we try to play off of that. And so, um, you know, he did, I thought he made a good, did a good job tonight getting the ball out. Um, then we had the pick and roll game. And, uh, you know, we missed some shots at the rim. So we have to, you know, again, so you get the ball in, into the post off your triple penetration, pick and roll in the post. So we just have to finish better. The always enthusiastic Tom Thibodeau yeah, talking about uh, the Timberwolves buzzkill loss from the other night. Got to do more. Uh, just just got to play uh, more basketball uh, than we do. Got to yell more. Uh, uh, John Krasinski. <laughs> it's like of you. It, it's, it blends in there. It does. John Krasinski from The Athletic, super plugged into the Timberwolves, does wonderful work now, which you can find at The Athletic Minnesota. Is it us or is it them? They're 14 and 11, and it just feels so joyless and horrible to watch and uncomfortable, John Krasinski. Is it, is it us or is it them? You know, I do think it's a little bit of a combination of both guys because you're right. I mean, they're they're 14 and 11. They're right now sixth in the West. Um, and at the start of the season, I said that they'd win 47 games. They're on track for 45, 46 right now. So it's not like the sky is falling by any means. It's still we're not even a third of the way through the season, and they've managed to pile up some wins while going through some of the struggles that they have. Which hey, that's all the good news, right? That's you know that, that that's that's encouraging that this team is actually in the place it is given the things that it's had to work through. Uh, that said, the part, you know, part of documenting a long season like this is to acknowledge when things aren't going well and when you've hit bumps in the road. And they're definitely at a bump in the road juncture of the season right now. They, they do not look like uh, they're having much fun. And as trite as that sounds, I think it's important for teams to enjoy playing together um, to make this long season tolerable. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is not involved on the offensive end, and and that's an issue. I mean, he's the, they're they're offensively their best their best player by by leaps and bounds, and and he can't seem to get all that involved on on that end, which is a concern. And then defensively, they're still 25th in the NBA in defensive efficiency, and so you're not seeing a, a ton of progress from game to game, and so even though. Even when they do edge the Clippers the other night at home, uh, you, you still don't feel like they're playing really good basketball. And you're getting to the point in the season now where 
you want to see more consistently the team play really good basketball, and you want to see the glimmers and the vision kind of come out at least at least here and there, at least a few times a week, and we just haven't seen that yet. Uh, Johnny, let's go back to Cat. Uh, why? I mean, I you know you picked up the box score uh, after the game a couple nights ago, and he has seven points, which is ridiculously low. He has no points in the first, uh, third, or fourth quarters. Whose fault is it that he's not being involved? And I guess my question is, why do you think? Because, I mean, he's the guy to me that is your future. He's the guy that's going to be your your mega superstar. Why on earth isn't he more involved offensively right now? Yeah, it's, it's a head-scratcher, Judd, and I'm actually going to have a story a little bit later today kind of really delving into it, um, but... From what I can tell, there's a couple of things going on. One is when you bring in a player like Jimmy Butler, you do kind of set up, and and Tom Thibodeau has talked about this, the need for players to sacrifice shots, touches, kind of all of those things, individual statistics in the name of the team concept. And there's no question that has to happen. I mean, uh, all, all three of their of the main guys, their usage rate is down significantly from where it was a year ago because they're playing with more talented guys and, and you have to spread the ball around. Uh, that said, there are sacrifices and then there are just complete, you know, being rendered irrelevant. And, and that's what we've seen from town several games this year. I mean, you know, yeah, the game in Memphis, I mean, the six shots that he took were the, were the fewest since January of his rookie season. And, um, we've seen, you know, in, in, in Charlotte, he had like seven shots going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Miami, he was he was uh, uninvolved in the offense until he got some garbage time late. So we've seen a, a difficulty in getting him involved in in the offense. That uh, is, I think, there's more to it than just uh, that the opposing team really concentrated on him because if that were the key, if that were the answer, then, well, you say, well, well let's just double LeBron James and, and, and get it out of his hands, and then, then the Cavaliers are, are kind of screwed. So they have to do a better job, A, getting him more involved and getting him more touches, and I think Towns has to be a little bit more active, has to um, put more effort in on the defensive end, which I think trickles over to the offensive end as well. So there, there, there are multiple culprits involved here, but the one thing – that is you can say unequivocally is that if this team wants to be more than a one-and-done playoff team, they, they have to find a way to get Towns more involved on, on both ends of the floor, and they just haven't done that to this point yet. I think what bothers me the most, and, and, and first of all, Carl Anthony Towns, there's plenty to criticize defensively. He, he, he needs to stop whining at officials, and there's a, there's a lot of things there. He definitely doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't go criticism-free. But when he has three shot attempts through three quarters as kind of the culmination of his lack of usage, and Andrew Wiggins is given free reign at the end of games and throughout games to shoot whatever he wants, to shoot 16 times a game. Johnny, he's shooting 32% from beyond 16 feet. He should he should almost never shoot. for If that's going to be his efficiency there, he should almost never shoot unless wide open and the shot clock's running down. It's almost like the usage of Wiggins offensively is bloated twice as much as it should be, and Towns is standing over there just looking to get a fourth shot in an hour and a half. It drives me nuts, and that's coaching malpractice to me. Is, is that over the top to say that? Well, I would say that yeah, I think they have to do a better job of game planning and getting him involved, no question, especially in the fourth quarter, because the last, four, the last five games, 
Towns' usage in the fourth quarter is fifth on the team. That's like that's unacceptable. You know that that and 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 it's one thing if Butler and Wiggins are just going off, you know, and they're and they're hitting shots and and they're creating and they're and they're putting pressure on the rim and and they're really breaking down the defense and and things like that. Uh, and, and Towns just is having to defer because those other two got it rolling. Now, right now, Jimmy Butler has it rolling, but Wiggins does not. And and so. Um, what we saw in Memphis the other night was that a concerted effort to get the ball out of Towns' hands by the Grizzlies, and then just what we saw was Butler and 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 Wiggins especially settling for jumpers with tired legs, and that that's that's a recipe for disaster. And so when you see that unfolding in the in the middle of a quarter, and you see guys taking jumper after jumper after jumper and clanking them. That's when it's time for a timeout, and that's when it's time for a regroup and saying, okay, let's run the ball through the post. Let's try and create better uh, action off of it weak side and see if we can get some cuts to the basket or, or just get something near the rim with all of the athleticism that they do have to, to become more effective. It, 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 it doesn't make sense to just let Andrew Wiggins fire away from, uh, on jumpers because that's playing right into the defense's, the defense's hands. Gee, I'm trying to find a way, this tired legs problem, I'm trying to find a way to maybe fix that. How about not playing them 40 minutes a night every single night? It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, that's long been a criticism of Thibodeau, and he has long ignored it. He he, he just doesn't believe in it, obviously. Um, But there's no no disputing that they they are tired right now. I mean, you're playing eight guys in a rotation on on a back-to-back, uh, both nights, that, that's not going to work uh, long-term. There's no way that you can. Now, part of it is, hey, Bielitsa's hurt. Shabazz Muhammad has just been terrible. Um, so, so you, you, you know, he's kind of forced his hand a little bit. But at the same time, I don't care who it is. You have to get Georges Hunt eight minutes in that game. Or you have to find a way to get Shabazz out there for, for ten minutes. Um, and if you don't do that, Use your timeouts the right way down the stretch, so you're not flushing them down the toilet and 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 and, and um, leaving uh, opportunities for your players to rest in the last four or five minutes of the game on the table. And he's done that as well. So uh, they're 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 at an untenable spot in terms of rotation right now. That's just a fact. And so Sorry, something's going to have to get changed there for sure. So you you bring up all very good points, which it, it would help if there was somebody with the wolves above Tibbs to come down and say, Tibbs, let's talk about these things. How potentially detrimental is it that there's no boss here? I mean, Tibbs can talk to Tibbs, but Tibbs is going to say, you do what you want to do. And that's going to be it. I mean, unless Glenn Taylor comes down from the mount, uh, how big is the problem here that, that you have one person in charge and that person is wired to believe that, that what he's doing is probably best? Yeah, I think that, I mean, that is, that has always been one of the pitfalls of when you, you give the coach and the president titles to one person is you worry about uh, a dictatorship being established when I think that you want some checks and balances. And right now there are no checks and balances. No one in the front office is coming to Tom Thibodeau and saying, hey, coach, this isn't working. Why don't we try this? Or you have to try that. Uh, maybe they have discussions about it, but this is one person making those decisions. There is not a strong voice around him who is going to, if, if he has to, 
you know, grab him by the shirt collar and say, Coach, we got to try something else here. This is Tom Thibodeau's show, and they're going to do it his way, and he's going to win his way, and he's going to lose his way. And, and that, that has always been kind of the danger. This is not San Antonio where R.C. Buford has a major say in what goes on with Greg Popovich holding both titles. Right. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a different setup right now, and, and so in the end, this is what Tom Thibodeau wanted, and so he wants the Bucks to stop with him. And it is going to stop with him for better or worse. Uh, Johnny, how, how much do you sense that uh, that uh, Butler right now is serving as a conduit between the players and Tibbs, or do you sense that this is sort of becoming Tibbs and Butler versus the rest of the players? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're there yet, Judd. I mean, I, I like as much as there is a there's certainly a disconnect, and the team is disjointed. But I don't think it's a situation where Towns hates Tibbs or. You know Butler and Tibbs versus the world. I don't. I don't think it's that way. I don't get the the sense that it's there in terms of that kind of attention or anything yet. But I do think that um, Jimmy, especially the last couple of games, the last four or five games, has really started to assert himself both on the court and in the locker room as the voice. He tried to defer earlier in the season and make everyone feel involved, and now when he feels that things are slipping a little bit, he's trying to grab hold of, of it a little bit tighter. And I, I think that's probably the, the way that this will work and succeed is if he can get through to, to the guys the way that Tibbs has not been able to yet. They, they all do respect him. They all look up to him. And that's their best chance. Uh, so I think they're working through it right now. I think Jimmy is still trying to figure out when to really – kind of bark at guys and when and when to kind of lay off but um but right now i i don't think it's a you know a 25 guys 25 cabs thing like the yankees back in the day i just think that they still are just not connected and they're searching for it and jimmy's really trying to kind of come to the forefront and take control of it yeah good stuff hey what can people find from you on the athletic right now yeah so um uh, right now we have a lot of good stuff on there um i, I wrote about the vikings defense a little earlier in the week, I did write a, a, a kind of point-by-point point breakdown of the Wolves' loss to the Grizzlies. And then today, later today, early afternoon, mid-afternoon, we will have a really deep dive just on the Tibbs-Towns dynamic and how there needs to be kind of a common ground found here if the Wolves are going to have their ceiling uh, as high as they want it to be. So look for that in a couple hours. and. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously also Russo has a ton of great stuff on the wild. So we have a lot of great content this week and, and a lot more coming. Right on. Good stuff, Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. Talk soon, man. All right. Thanks, boys. John Krasinski from The Athletic. A lot of interesting stuff there on uh, Tom Thibodeau, the Wolves. We can come back to that mm-hmm. maybe a little bit later. Dave's got some stuff coming up next, however. Brent Musburger is a crabby old man. Tom Izzo loves himself some daytime TV. And Bill Walton. Mackie and Judd are back. Show me what you got. On 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Beautyrest. Equip yourself for high-performance sleep. Get your Beautyrest for less. During the Beautyrest high-performance sleep sale, visit BeautyRestRetailers.com or visit Becker Furniture World's eight locations. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. Pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. 
Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. <gasps> All right, Dave, let's get right to the Musburger stuff. You want to get with that? I love that story. We can yes. start it then right there. Brett Musburger, 78 years old. He's off play-by-play. He's now making <laughs> He's... deals in the desert. He's senile. A reading from the Twitter account of Brent Musburger as of last night. And he writes, Yo, snowflakes, quit preaching. The violent world of Sam Huff sold NFL football to the masses. The Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders gave us a little sex with our violence. Deal with it! Yeah, he, uh, man... The other day, he was tweeting at uh, at the POTUS account. The president's so the president has two Twitter accounts, his own, and then the POTUS account. Something like, "Hey POTUS, can a Trump supporter from New Jersey like get into one of your ca- some casino thing?" I believe us. that one said, "Yo, at POTUS, yeah, can't believe a casino owner like yourself would deny a New Jersey Trump backer a chance to bet on his beloved Dallas Cowboys." Come on, man. He is. Uh, I, I, I He's credit, got his freedom now. I credit a 78 year old for being that good on Twitter, though. At least, I mean, he might be. His takes might be a little out there, and there's clearly a reason now why ESPN wasn't interested in uh, keeping him in a high profile he's, role. He's got his freedom. Can tweet whatever he wants now. No one's gonna stop him. <laughs> you guys ever been sucked into any daytime TV shows over your lives, and not counting the ESPN stuff that Judd watches? Yeah, every Judd's day. like around the horn. You know, you soap get, operas. Yeah, yeah, your soap operas. Oh, yeah. Your, your, yeah, for sure. When I worked whatever the strip, it is, I was, your yeah. Maury Povich's, your uh, trial, you know, your your Judd shows. Mm-hmm. Well, Judge Mathis is one of those shows. Never seen it myself, but it apparently uh, airs every single day. And if you happen to be watching yesterday's episode, which was taped this previous summer, you saw a case involving an Ohio State fan, which was interesting because sitting right behind him, front row, the coach of the Michigan State Spartans basketball team, Tom Izzo. My favorite coach in college, uh, who happens to be here today, All right. routinely, basketball coach, they routinely beat I hope you know that. <laughs> Ohio State. Ohio State. And you know who I'm talking to? I'll let you say his name, Mr. Ohio State. Say it. Tom Izzo. <laughs> say it. Yeah. Right behind you. There you go. Yeah. See there? Yeah. You better go out a side door. Okay. <laughs> well, he's a great man. My daughter was a student assistant to him, mm. and uh, she finished uh, the top of her class and is now a lawyer, and so you better send your children to Michigan State. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> and on that note, about 80 to 90 percent of his basketball players graduate, meaning for the whole four years, even the pro ball players. A little infomercial for MSU too. So he was just sitting, just sitting there, all smiling, or what was he the deal? He was giggling the whole time. It was really weird. He's like <laughs> laughing. Wow. He and has to get paid to smile. do that, right? Is he being paid to to sit front row? I kind of assume. Yeah. If Judge Mathis, as he said, had a daughter who was a grad assistant, perhaps they've known each other a yeah. little bit, and they say, "Hey, you're going out to L.A. Why don't you go see my dad's show? We'll get you tickets yeah, that's or whatever." True. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
pretty good. Good stuff. Very bizarre. <gasps> Extremely bizarre. Yeah, you don't expect weird. to see Tom Izzo sitting in the courtroom like that. Here's something interesting. Beyonce made a surprise appearance yesterday at the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year ceremony to hand out the Muhammad Ali Legacy Award given annually to an athlete who uses sports as a platform to change the world. The recipient, Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure that didn't make anybody upset. I accept this award knowing that the legacy of Muhammad Ali is that of a champion of the people and one who was affectionately known as the people's champ. I accept this award not for myself, but on behalf of the people. Because if it were not for my love for the people, I would not have protested. And if it was not for the support from the people, I would not be on this stage today. Mm. With or without the NFL's platform, I will continue to work for the people. Because my platform is the people. Meanwhile, here's a list of quarterbacks who have thrown a pass this season that are far crappier than Colin Kaepernick. Paxton Lynch... Scott Tolzine, Geno Smith, this might take the rest of the Nathan Peterman, Matt Castle, hey. EJ Manuel, Kevin Hogan, Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, and Brock Osweiler. And I'll just stop there. Kaepernick, Kaepernick cannot be employed. Not by this league. And Mitch Leidner is getting uh-uh. a workout yeah, apparently. Mitch, Le- Mitch Leidner can't today. be employed. But not Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> the word is Disney Corporation and 21st Century Fox. Getting very, very close to a deal, boys. A big deal, because mm-hmm. as we know, Disney owns ESPN, of course. And this deal reportedly would include the Fox Sports Network affiliates, the FS Northes of the world. <laughs> they could soon be controlled by ESPN. Your thoughts? That's really interesting. Uh, I just saw CNN updated the story that it's like it's the framework of this is basically done. How quickly would this one billion dollar acquisition? How quickly would this take place? Do we think? Are we well, talking about changeover? Because it, it would have to be approved. Well, then think so, about how complicated. A year? Do, do those deals? So let's say the Twins have a. Well, I'm making this up, but five years left on their current deal sure. with FS North. If FS North. If the parent company gets sold to a different company, yep. does that deal still hold up? Does ESPN rebrand it to ESPN, ESPN Twin Cities TV? Or does this mean that does this mean that Fox is going to bail on cable sports? I mean, is FS1 going to be toast eventually? Because if you're going to get out of all all of those networks. Are you going to keep doing FS1, or yeah, are you going to question. say it all costs too much? Forget about it. All I know is if it becomes ESPN Twin Cities, and that's the new rights holders, then Mackie and Judd are going to be front and center, play-by-play guys. You and I are going to be calling the games. Granlin, Niederreiter, <laughs> Suter, Spurgeon, Dubnik. Do you think we'd have to get some cameras in here? They'd roll the show live for four hours every day, or maybe they'd just replay the Diamond Awards. Just replay yeah, the Diamond, Diamond Awards. Awards. Yeah. 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 With, with Lavelle. It's maybe get the old-timers game from uh, eight years ago at Herbic, Field, whatever. Herbie takes out t- the yeah. divot. Yeah. And then after that, they could either they could either do the in-camera Mackie and Judd, maybe two hours of the show, or they could replay you know Burke Lyleven showing Max Scherzer how to throw a curveball. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little do north outdoors. Hold on a I don't second. Know. Yeah. Wait, wait, stuff. wait, wait, wait. If we get the opportunity to do games, we can right all the wrongs. Wolves Live is next. Tom Thibodeau should be fired immediately <laughs> after this loss. And coming up, I'm going to tell you how bad the Wild is too. We could become the we could become the RSN that rips away. Instead of three keys to the game, it can always just be Judge three reasons why Blank should be fired. And now Wes Walls comes on to tell you how bad this team sucks exactly. Woo! Bill Walton. <laughs> 
ESPN last night. It was Texas A&M at Arizona. He was back with his old buddy Dave Pash on the play-by-play, making Mr. Pash very uncomfortable. Let's roll through the greatest hits, starting with uh, Walton talk about talking about Arizona center DeAndre Ayton. A spectacular talent and an incredible human being, and just you just look at him and you say, "Oh my gosh, I believe in evolution." Walton. Oh no, because Dave Pash is a is a. Is a hardcore Adam and Eve guy. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Walton with uh, some life advice. Important steps in growing up is learning to like yourself. Jackson Cartwright misses a three. And, and to be happy with who you are. It's very difficult for young people. I've liked myself a lot less over the last six years. <laughs> Walton with oh. perhaps some very unfounded accusations. I want to know why you hate my grandchildren. Your grand? What, what are you talking about? What you, I have no idea which your grandkids? Yes. Why do you hate my grandchildren? Tying those accusations oh. together with the first line. So not only do you hate my grandchildren, you don't believe in evolution. And oh finally, God, after a foul was called and he didn't really appreciate it. He just got hoed for his fourth foul. Yikes. Did I just say the referees were on top of it? I'm gonna go out and impale myself on that Saguaro. Oh, by the way, is a cactus that they were showing on the Thank screen you. at That's, the time. Uh, wow. I did not know that. Okay, does do you think Dave Dave Pash seems very uptight even in in other games? And oh yeah. Do you think he's playing the straight man, or do you think he hates Bill Walton? At this point, what he said six years, he has to just. You think the he'd straight have man. to complain at some point and say, "Look, yeah. I mean, guys, yeah, did I don't I? care if you give me you know D two games, just." Something else, please. Did I see a tweet last night that at some point in time, Bill p- pulled out a, a picture of Dave Pash's, like his kids or something? It was too? a weird thing. Yes, he did. He had photos of and, Pash's kids. And Pash didn't was he know like, that he had the photos? Oh, that's really weird. Yes. <laughs> so he was like, show, that is... Oh. oh, here I've got some photos of your, yes of, of your, your kids, which you don't my know, wallet. which you didn't give me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the man is certifiably nuts and awesome. Woo! It's constantly high. Oh it's great. Oh my god, dude! Uh, quarterback cesspool challenge coming up oh. in the eleven. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, one main reason why the Vikings are probably going to dominate the Panthers at least defensively on uh, Sunday. Mike Golick Jr. in about an hour and a half. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I don't get. Mackey and Judd. It's very, it's odd at times. On 1500 ESPN. The Wild got run over by the Blackhawks. Happened in the second round again. For three straight years, they have had our number. It looks a lot like Pee Wee's against men. Really thought this was our year. You get by Chicago's red and black. But on their way to win the cup, the Wild were punished by their offensive attack. So the Wild go home losers. Beat again by Kane and Taves. We could have had a better outcome. If Dubnik made a few more frickin' saves. Wild got run over by the Blackhawks. It happened in the second round again. For three straight years, they have had our number. 
It looks a lot like peewees against men. Uh, another classic. Uh, a classic from Volume 1, Songs by the u The good old days. Two years ago, yeah. The good old days. Back when they made the playoffs and maybe got to the second round to get eliminated. We take that now. Yeah, they didn't even do that now. They just they get, can't to even get to the first round Blackhawks. Now they're going to be fighting, uh, apparently, for one of those last spots say, they with might the Blackhawks. They might not be in the playoffs this spring. Yeah, if you want a sneak peek at the album cover for Volume 3, Songs by the u which will start releasing on Monday, our Twitter accounts... And the Instagram account of fifteen hundred ESPN, you can see uh, you can see the art. A little it's bit a different, very, a little bit different interesting approach art. this year. It's angry art. We didn't get permission, by the way, to use no, his nor likeness. Should, nor should we have. Okay. No, no, no. You know what? He doesn't, he doesn't have lawyers, like does bad. he? No, I don't think so. No, no. I think we're fine. <laughs> he hates the show and the songs by the Ulog enough. What the hell? What's but one he hate more listens, thing? So he hates listens. He hates listens. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of Four people hours. hate listen. Actually, there's another poll for us. How many people hate listen to this show? Do you hate listen? I don't know what the other options are. Yeah. Do you listen? Do you hate listen for an hour or two? Uh, We'll we'll craft that during the break. Hey, email from Chris here, Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. History repeating itself in Minnesota basketball. Tom Thibodeau and Tubby, buyer's remorse. Where you're really excited and then you kind of realize. Oh, God, this guy is more out of touch than we thought. Yeah. And the things that we maybe heard, the bad things, there's a reason why he was available. Yep. Do you have buyer's remorse yet? No, not on yet. On Tom Thibodeau? Not yet. Um, I think I'm at the stage in the grieving process where I now see what the problem in Chicago was. I thought that uh, Gar Foreman and Paxson in Chicago were just morons and that you know, they fired Tibbs or they didn't get along with Tibbs and then and then fired him. And I thought to myself, well, they missed the boat on this. I'm at the stage now where I'm starting to say, oh, oh, I guess I start to see what your yeah. problems were. I, I'm not going with complete buyer's remorse yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not I'm not there yet either. But there's a lot of things that just make me think, I don't know if he has the self-awareness or the nuance or the tact to change those things. I keep coming back to what Johnny brought up, which is the checks and balances. Even San Antonio has that. I mean, Popovich is, is such a smart guy that he's got a guy who can go to him and be like, hey, Pop, yeah. let's think about this or that. I mean, Layden seems like a decent chap. I like him. But do I really think there's somebody with that team beyond Taylor that can go to Tibbs and be like, Tom, you got to sit down and listen to me now? Mm-hmm. I don't think that, no. Yeah, it's uh, oh, we'll see. Do they? What do they play next? Do they play tonight. T- tonight, yeah. Clippers in Los Angeles. That's right, the Clippers. Have you, seen, you guys seen those photos and videos of the of people on the freeway the and the fires? It looks yes. like people are driving into hell. Fire, yes, it's it's crazy, frightening. Uh, there might be some symbolism for the Timberwolves trip out to Los <laughs> well, Angeles. Thirteen years of that. <laughs> thirteen years of driving right into hell. Yeah. Uh, by the way, our Timberwolves conversations on this radio show powered by TCL TVs, America's fastest growing. TV brand. Let's come back and talk some Vikings. Specifically, I told you last week, gave you some reasons why the Vikings were going to handle the Falcons. I'm going to tell you some more reasons why they're going to handle defensively the Carolina Panthers. Mostly because of one of the more overrated players in recent league history, Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.